we're talking about growing faith. And, um, and, you know, we are purposely talking about the basics of growing faith. I know that most of us or many of us here on the call are very seasoned disciples, and you've been a Christian for a long time, but it's always good. It's always good to go back to uh, the beginning, to go back to the basics, the fundamentals, to use a football analogy, since we are in the middle of football season, the teams that do the best are the ones that do the basics well, you know, blocking and tackling and running and holding onto the ball. It's not the teams that have all the trick plays or all the fancy plays or the, the, the secret plays. Those are fun to watch and those are great, but the teams that do the basic things really, really well over and over and over, those are the teams that really excel. And I think it's similar to the way it is for us spiritually that when we do the basic things well and we really we really strive to be faithful people and because that changes from day to day and changes from year to year what it looks like in our life what being faithful looked like for me five years ago doesn't look like it now what it looked like for me 10 years ago doesn't look like it now and so we've always got to be growing and always being uh being better and, and being more like jesus and uh, really learning how to grow faith. So tonight, what I want to do is specifically talking about growing faith, but I want to look at Jesus on the cross. Um, and this, to me, is uh, an incredible example uh, of what faith in action looks like. And that's what I want to talk about, is talk about uh, what faith looks like while it's happening. And this will help us to learn some things in order for us to be able to grow faith in, in us. And the cross of Jesus, really, it, it's an amazing event because so many things happen at the crucifixion at the same time. Uh, the crucifixion is a message of love to us from God. It's a, it's a demonstration. Here's how much, it's not just a letter, it's not just words, but it's action communicating how much God loves each and every one of us. Uh, the crucifixion is a fulfillment of prophecy, which is amazing in and of itself, that God had the wisdom and the, the foreknowledge and the, the forethought and the plans to lay out this whole, uh, this whole direction that he wanted to go and to predict it years and years before it happened, and then to see it all come together in Jesus and Jesus on the cross is really just a testimony of God's great wisdom and his, uh, and, and just his omnipotence and, and how and how just great and big God is. Uh, the cross is also a message um, it, uh, of, of God's character. Uh, it teaches us and shows us really what the heart of God is. I mean, it's, it's like you pull open the heart of God and you, you look inside and you can see what makes God tick. Who is God when you are looking at the crucifixion and the cross of Jesus? And of course, uh, the crucifixion is a payment for us all at the same time. You know, we, as the song goes there, we owed a debt that we could not pay. You know, we, we, our sins caused us to be separated for eternity from God, and there's nothing we could do about it. So somebody had to come in and take care of it for us. And that's the beauty also of the cross, that it is a payment it is a payment in full. It's not a little bit of a payment. It's not just, you know, uh, uh, you know, throw a couple pennies at it. God lavished his grace on us, the Bible says. I mean, he has completely wiped out our sins through Jesus on the cross. 
And so there are so many things that the cross is at one point. But one thing the cross also is, is a visual aid of faith in action. Everything we've been talking about, we've been talking about growing faith and what does it take and what are the, what are the, what's the environment where faith grows? Well, that's what the cross is. It's a visual aid of, of faith acting, of faith, uh, of, of, of a person being faithful, especially in a very difficult situation. And if we look at it closely, it even becomes a map for us, a pattern for us, you know, uh, steps that we can take in order to also be faithful men in God. So that's what we're going to do. And we're actually going to take a look just before the crucifixion, because it's, it's not just the crucifixion, but it's the events that led up to the crucifixion and the events after the crucifixion that really reveal all of this to us. Tonight, we're going to do 36 through 46. And we're going to look at Jesus praying and Jesus wrestling with the idea of going to the cross just before he does it. Because in this, we really get a great picture of, of what faith in action looks like. And from that, I think we can glean some things that can help us today. All right, so let's read this together. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, beginning verse 36. It says, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then we went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. And the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Now, I love this story. Um, I love this. Uh, to me, it's amazing. And uh, you will probably hear me preach on this many, many times. And because honestly, there's so much that we can get out of just these short verses here, these 10 verses. And I think one of the things that we can see in this passage is Jesus is wrestling with the idea of having to die on the cross. You know, the one of the things we can see is we can see this level of surrender. We can see Jesus navigating his faith. And I think there's some, some good practical things that we can pull. There, there's a lot of practical things in there, but I'm just going to pull out three because three is the biblical number, right, for sermon points. Uh, I'm going to pull out three. Three, because Jesus, we're going to talk about looking at Jesus and seeing Jesus navigate his faith. And I love this. I love this because, you know, Jesus begins conflicted and he begins troubled, but by the end, he's focused and he's resolved. And so you got to look at it and go, well, what happened? 
how did that come about? How did he go from conflicted to resolve, from troubled to focused? That's what we're going to take a look at here. And in this, we will see what a growing faith, what faith in action looks like so it can help our faith grow. All right, first thing that we see, and again, there's many things here. I'm going to just give you three. First thing we see, we need prayer. We need prayer. Again, very simple, very basic, but we need prayer. You know, I love this prayer of Jesus. I love the honesty. There's so much about Jesus when I read about him and I envision him going from thing to thing and always having the right word and always saying the right thing and always doing the right thing. I love this because I can relate to this the most. You know, this, this sense of struggle, the sense of uh, weakness, almost the sense of uh, not wanting to do what he's supposed to do. I can relate. That's what he's saying. You know, you know, the metaphor here when he's saying, let this cup pass from me. He's not talking literally. He's talking about the cup of his death that he is about to drink. And he's saying, God, if there's any other way, can we please do it another way? This is not something that he was looking forward to doing. And so I love that. I love how honest and real Jesus is. I appreciate that. But what does he do in is he prays? So in his time of trial, in his time of difficulty, he prays. Now, I think it's worth noting in this story that prayer does not always remove our troubles. Just like with Jesus, it doesn't always remove. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we pray about something and our troubles go away. But sometimes we pray and our troubles don't go away. But what we see from Jesus is how we navigate them. Not always how we get rid of them, but just how we navigate through them. And it's right there in verse 41. That's the secret. Watch and pray. Why? So that you will not fall into temptation. He doesn't say the temptations go away. He's just saying watch and pray so that you, you can navigate through these temptations. I loved yesterday, uh, Leslie mentioned the, uh, the mental health uh, workshop that the uh, teaching ministry put on. And uh, one of the sisters was sharing her personal testimony. And she was incredibly vulnerable and incredibly honest about her mental health issues and the difficult she's had. It was, it was awesome. I don't know if it's recorded. I hope it's recorded. Maybe it's somewhere. And if you missed it, you can see it. But one thing she said, uh, she said when she was telling her story of becoming a Christian was when she was a, uh, before she was a Christian, she was driving somewhere to go see her brother. And I don't know, for some reason, she prayed, uh, God, please. And this is, she's not a Christian yet. She's just throwing, didn't even really believe in God, but she throws out a prayer. God, please help me see my brother before I die. And she said she didn't even almost finish the prayer before the car flipped over and she got in a car accident. And I remember she told the story last night. My first thought was, well, I guess that prayer didn't work, right? <laughs> that was my, my first thought. But then the more I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, maybe it did work. Maybe it did. Uh, she obviously survived the car accident because she survived the car accident, eventually went on to see her brother and then eventually uh, found God through time and became a disciple of Jesus. But, but I began to think maybe, maybe the prayer did work. Maybe 
the car accident was going to be bad, that she wouldn't have survived. And maybe because she cried out to God, that maybe God helped her to survive when maybe she wasn't going to. And it just started me thinking about this very principle, is that prayer is very powerful, but prayer doesn't mean that our difficulties go away. God, it doesn't mean that if we pray for something that we're not going to have any troubles. Oftentimes, prayer is the thing that just helps us navigate through our troubles. And who knows, even as difficult as your trouble may be right now, maybe it's your prayers that's keeping it from being a lot worse. You know, maybe God is stepping in and maybe God is helping you in ways that we don't even realize. You know, I love in this passage too about prayer is that Jesus found a prayer spot. You know, I like prayer spots. Uh, we've lived many places through the years and I've, it's, it often takes me a little time, but I eventually find a spot where I like to go and pray. And I would encourage you to, to do the same. You know, we live in a beautiful, beautiful part of the country, a beautiful part of the world. And there's a lot of mountains and hills and rivers and places you can go and get outside and you can have your spot like Jesus. This was Jesus's spot. He went to pray. And I love that he did that. I'd encourage you to try to find a spot where you can go and really pray to God. And it doesn't even have to be outside. It can be indoors. I remember years ago, a long time ago, when I was working as a uh, working at an ad agency in Manhattan, you know, there's not a lot of prayer spots in Manhattan. You know, as soon as you find a, a secluded spot, uh, either A, somebody shows up or B, somebody's already there. You know, <laughs> there's just, it's hard to find that. But I learned after working at this ad agency that at lunchtime, when everybody went to lunch, everybody left. And so all of a sudden, the conference room was empty. And so I would take my lunch and I would go into the conference room and I'd sit in the conference room and that became my spot. And it was quiet. Everyone was got, gone. No one leave me. I'd eat my lunch and I'd pray and I'd read my Bible. And, you know, you just, you, you just, I, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be outside. It can be inside. But the important things is that we find a place and we pray and we really, really embrace, embrace prayer. You know, this is not the only time we see Jesus praying. Of course not. He, he prayed many times. Mark chapter one, the Bible says Jesus woke up early before everybody else went out and prayed. Luke chapter three, Jesus prayed at his baptism. Luke chapter five, it says Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to go pray. Luke chapter 11, Jesus prayed and something about it prompted people around him to have some desire to learn from him, to ask him questions. Luke 22, Jesus prayed for Peter. Uh, Luke chapter 6, Jesus went on a mountain and spent all night in prayer. And John chapter 17, that's an amazing verse because this actually outlines Jesus's prayer. I mean, you, you have a written account of Jesus praying for first for himself, then for his close friends, and then for everybody else, including you and me. And so Jesus prayed. Jesus was a man of prayer. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, if God in man form or God in human form needs this much prayer time, then what does that mean for human in human form? What does that mean for you and me? If Jesus needed this amount of prayer, what about us? You know, this is one of the things I really genuinely appreciate about Larry Craig. You know, Larry prays. He prays. He's got a list that he prays through every day. 
and um, of people and things and situations. And he just is always praying. Uh, Larry goes for a walk and prays uh, regularly. In fact, Larry spearheaded uh, the the men in the, on the in the New Jersey ministry here to meet regularly once a week to pray. And we still do that. We, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm new. I'm, I've just joined the club here, but, uh, but we, we meet every Thursday morning and we pray. Um, it's just awesome. I mean, I, I love the depth of conviction that, that Larry has about prayer and how much he pray, prays. In fact, you know, if Larry says, Hey, I'll pray for you, you know, he will actually, you know how people <laughs> say that praying for you, you know, love you, bro. I'll pray for you. And then you wonder, do they, did they, you know, uh, did they forget? Not, not that they didn't mean it, but maybe they forgot or what Larry actually does. So if he says he's praying for you, he's actually praying for you, but that's inspiring. Why? Because we need prayer. It's simple and it's basic. And yet it's something we neglect so much. But when we look at Jesus, when we look at Jesus and we see faith in action, we see a key part of that is prayer, is spending time in prayer. Do you have mountains in your life? You need to pray. You have valleys in your life? You need to pray. Prayer is a key part of creating and growing and sustaining faith in our hearts. Next, we see persistence. Let me just talk about this for a minute. Persistence. Um, you know, walking by faith is hard work. And it's funny because it's often not something you see on the outside. Often these spiritual things that we do, like walking by faith, are internal things. They're things we work on the inside. And so people don't really ever see them. I mean, you see the fruits of them and you see the actions that they create. But, but walking by faith is really hard work. It's really hard because it's internal. And so I love this passage we just read because of you see Jesus wrestling to be faithful, to walk by faith. And, you know, he goes back and he prays the same thing three different times, um, you know, wrestling with something that he really didn't want to do. And so from that, we see faith in action includes a degree of persistence. It means that if you try once and it doesn't, doesn't work, you go back and you try again. If it doesn't work, then you may need to go back and you try again. If you're praying about something or you're wanting to change something or grow in an area of your life, it's going to require a degree of persistence. Again, because these are often internal things inside of us that aren't super tangible that you can't just grab onto and fix. They're things in your heart. So they, like Jesus, they require some internal persistence. There's a great verse in Mark 11, verse 22 through 24. Mark 11, 22 through 24. It says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. This is, I mean, this is one of those statements that's just so hard for me to hold on to because it's so definitive. I mean, Jesus doesn't leave any room for doubt here. In fact, that's the point. 
you can't have doubt. If you having faith, if you have this degree of faith, you can just say to a mountain, mountain, go into the sea and it will happen. I mean, that I, I, I struck because I think of that. And I go, well, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, but like that's the first things that come to my mind. But this is what Jesus says. But I will I will say this. There's a secret in there. A secret that you you have to you have to you know look kind of closely to catch, especially if you're struggling with this. Especially if you're like, well, I tried to pray and nothing happened, so clearly it doesn't work. The secret in here is there's no timetable given. Jesus never gives a timetable. He never says, you know, pray for this mountain and it will immediately get up and go into the water. That's not what he says. He says, pray and believe and it will happen. But he doesn't say when it will happen. And that's the point of persistence. You know, a mountain can be moved from its mountain location to the sea one rock at a time. A mountain in your life can be moved from one place to the other one prayer at a time. And you see, this is this is the challenge is the persistence it's hanging in there it's it's uh, agreeing or it's it's believing that god can work even when you're not feeling it but you're going to keep on praying you're going to persist that's what jesus is doing here he's wrestling he's being persistent i think of many mountains in my life that i've had through my years of being a christian where i've looked at something and i thought this is just impossible this is never going to change, or this will never happen, or just this, this is never, this is, this is, there's no way this could, could be. And then praying and being faithful and trying wrestling with it. And then waking up later one day and looking back and going, oh, wow, it happened. <laughs> that thing, whatever it was, is gone. That mountain has been moved. And that's how God works. Sometimes it's immediate. But sometimes it takes some time. But the point is, our job is to be persistent. Be persistent in our faith with God. God can take care of it. Jesus had to wrestle with his faith. He had to be persistent with it. And so us, us following him is going to take a degree of, of that. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, there's a great parable that Jesus tells about this very thing. About, In fact, he says, he told this parable so that it says, so that we should always pray and never give up. It's so easy to give up praying. It's so easy because if, for me, if, if, if I don't feel something's working, I was like, well, God, I guess that was a no, you know, or, oh, God, God I guess that's the way it's going to happen. But persistence, that's what Jesus did. He was very persistent in the garden with his faith. And this is a key ingredient for us if we're going to be faith-filled people. Do you have mountains in your life? You may need to be persistent with God. You know, you want to build faith, but you can't quit. You got to hang in there. You got to persevere. You got to push because that's how faith is built. It, happened, it worked with Jesus in the garden and it will work with us as well. Let's look at one more thing here and I'll close out with this. Faith, what does faith in action look like? There needs to be prayer. There needs to be some persistence, but it really needs to be personal. It's really got to be personal, meaning it's got to come from you. It's got to come from you. You can only lean on other people's faith for so long. 
you and I got to ultimately build our own faith. Uh, you know, sometimes faith is lonely, and it certainly was lonely for Jesus in this story. Jesus wanted company, right? And he, he literally asked for it, and he didn't get it. And so what did he do? Did he quit or give up? Of course not. No, he continued to walk in faith. Why? Because ultimately, faith, this thing we're doing, is between you and God. It's your faith in God. Nobody can have faith for you. It's got to be your faith. It's got to be personal. And that's what you see with Jesus. It was his faith. He wanted some encouragement, and it would have been great had he gotten it, but he didn't. But that didn't sway him from staying the course and being faithful. Luke, uh, Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Didn't say deny somebody else. No, you deny themselves. You deny you and take up their cross and follow me. It's very much a personal choice that we make in following Jesus. Uh, I can't follow Jesus for you. You can't follow Jesus for me. Now, granted, there is a lot of value in our group. In fact, the group here, this collective group, isn't our idea. It's God's idea. It's called the church. And he gave it to us on purpose for a reason to help us when we need to lean on somebody, when we need encouragement, when we need strength. And that is, that's okay. Those are, that's good when you need help from the church. But ultimately, our faith has to rest in God. The church, as you know, as, as you learn, as, you, as you've been a Christian for a long time, the church is made of people and people fail as good and Tended as they may be, people will make errors and they will let you down at times. They may not mean to, it may be an accident, but they, but they will. I will let you down. You will let me down. But that's why ultimately our faith has to be personal. It has to, has to be genuine from me to God. My faith is in God. It's great when we have the encouragement, when we have the strength we need, and we need to lean on it when we can. But ultimately, to have faith in action, it really, really has to be personal. How are you doing with your personal walk with God? Are you investing the time? Are you taking, uh, are, are you doing the work and digging deep and being persistent and, 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 and uh, uh, pursuing God through prayer and really striving to make your faith your faith and really growing in that? This is what it means to walk by faith. Again, there's a lot in this story. These are a couple things that I wanted to pull out again, because we want to be great at the, at the basic, at the fundamental things. We want to be good in our faith, be strong in our faith. And faith in action doesn't mean that the problems go away. They didn't go away for Jesus, but it, it does mean that like Jesus, we can use our faith to navigate through our trials and our difficulties. That includes prayer and persistence and really making it personal. You know, uh, like Jesus in the garden before the crucifixion, who was really the ultimate example for us, who loved us and who walked for us and gave us the map. Let's pray. Let's strive. Let's really 
even go to God and say, God, I need help even with these things to really be faithful for you. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for uh, this time that we get to be, to be together. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you. It helps me. Um, and I hope that you're encouraged by it.